This is the Extra Hot Great Podcast, episode 27 for the week of April 7th, 2014. I am Tavern Chicken David T. Cole, and I'm here with Dire Wolf Treat Munger, Tara Ariano, Sit. even Whiter Walker, Jeff Drake, Gold Fingers, and King Beyond the Wall, Nick Reinwell Jones. Nice to see you. Sarah DeBunting is not joining us this week because she has been uh, out of town on Doing assignment. Sports stuff. She was at a baseball uh, Ooh, conference sports. delivering a paper. Wow. I, I know. That sounds so made up. It's, and yet it's true. <laughs> <laughs> it's 100% true. How, however. But let's look at the, the evidence. Yes. Um, Sarah's into sports. Yep. She loves to read. Right. I'm wondering if she even watches TV at all. <laughs> Yeah. She definitely watches TV. Um, but replacing her, we have not one but two guests, Nick Reinwald-Jones and Jeff Drake, both of whom are going to be covering Game of Thrones for us on Previously.TV They all are this our Game of Thrones power couple. This <laughs> That's true. <laughs> right? yeah. And they are both here with us. Gentlemen, welcome. Thanks for having me. Thank you. So let's talk about the premiere. Season four. It mm-hmm. has started finally. Yep. Whew. Let's assume that everyone who doesn't want to be spoiled definitely watched it last night. Apparently, HBO Go figured its shit out at about 9.45 Eastern, oh, I read. Yeah. So even the thieves got to see it. Yeah. Doesn't oh, feel borrowers. like there's that many spoilers, though, to me. I mean, but... It was kind of a boring episode. And I base that on my having watched four episodes of the show prior <laughs> to this one. Well, let's see what the, uh, the experts think. It was perhaps uneventful, but mm-hmm. let's see if boring. Well, I mean, the, the first episode of any Game of Thrones season, including the pilot, I mean, it's always kind of scene-setty and, like, these are going to be the things we're exploring this season and kind of, like, it's the opposite of a network show where you have that, like, eventful finale and then the pilot just, like, picks up right up. They're like, you, like, all the stuff that they showed in the third season finale we probably won't see again for, like, several episodes. So it's just kind of how it goes. And on and on the other end, don't they usually sort of do the big episode as the penultimate episode yeah, of the season and then they sort of have a denouement episode yeah. yeah uh i i would say that i didn't find it uh i didn't find it to be boring as i mean it is it, it is very first episodes of every season have been like very much like putting the pieces on the playing field you know right uh, you know like setting up the board and now everybody go and it's a game yes and as as far as that <laughs> as, as far as that goes i feel like this has been this was like the strongest season opener i felt since i mean coming into the coming into the show you know the very first episode i thought was really good but um i thought just for setting the stage for like you just know major shit is going down this season yeah. like it's really there's a lot of like the fact, and especially in context of all men must die, it's like, oh, are they going to kill off every single male character <laughs> in this season? It's possible. And the boy dragons. Yes. <laughs> so, just um, have you guys read the books, or are you? Yeah, just I I'm sure this came up when you TV? did the pres- when you presented one for the can, but I can't. Remember I have it. not. No, and I I have zero interest in reading them. <laughs> no, I mean for like. Well, why would you now? Right. I mean, like. The people who've read the books like know all of like the crazy stuff that's about to happen, and I don't. And that's one of the things I've loved about the show is mm-hmm. just like I love that everybody is expendable. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah I will have to re- re- 
recuse myself from a bit of this conversation because since the forums have sort of you know gone crazy <clears throat> after the um, after the apocalypse, um, I have had to moderate a lot in the Game of Thrones area. So I have in the process of that learned some things that are about to happen on the show. You've so. become sullied to use the language of the uh, words. Yeah. You've jumped on the spoiler <laughs> grenades for everyone else. I have, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, knowing what I know. And now, and seeing that, you know, yes, the first episode does set up some stuff that obviously, you know, it's going to happen. You know, as storylines tend to do, move along. But oh. yes. <laughs> but um, all right. So what are you guys hoping for this season? What would make you happy? Uh, well, I'm really glad that they've finally, that they've moved a lot of things back into place, like that Jamie is back in King's Landing. So we can have like, the, I feel like we missed a lot from not having like Jamie and Cersei together. Even if they're not going to be together together, I mean, like Cersei didn't really have anyone good to play off of for a while, and now I, th- I think that's going to be really cool to see how it plays out, especially with like the kind of jilted lover scenario going on there, and um, and also with Brienne now being back and the like the wedding happening with uh, well the, the two weddings with Cersei and. Uh, What's his name? Whatever his uh, name Sir, is, the Sir gay Lor- guy. Slow Loris. Uh, <laughs> Slow Loris. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, it's uh, and and clearly with uh, there's a lot of political maneuvering going on with that wedding with the Tyrells and everything. So it's, there's a lot of stuff that was hinted at last year that will hopefully pay off now. Yeah, one of the things I really liked about the uh, about sort of getting getting Jamie and Cersei back together. First of all, just a fan of brothers and sisters being in love, yeah. obviously. <laughs> Um, but like they, uh, it was an interesting thing to be like, oh, like they were so like in the beginning seasons, uh, of the show, like they were part of their like chemistry, like really fueled it. I thought, right. And I thought it was such an amazing, like such an amazing thing that he comes back and Cersei is like, thanks for being uh, imprisoned all last year. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, my hand got cut off. Uh, and she's like, not good enough. Like she's so, she's so horrible. It's fantastic. Well, yeah, I think like as, as bad of a person as she was with Jamie, she became a worse person oh, without yeah. him. And now she's just that person. And like, there's no room for him. Anymore. And here, here's, here's a, a big difference between how I have been consuming the show and how, uh, I kind of realize a lot of other people are consuming the show since, you know, since the forums have sort of taken off, which is I, when I watch the show, what I get the most joy out of are the terrible, horrible characters. <laughs> That's true of well, you with almost every show that yeah. you watch. That, that is true. But the horrible characters on Game of Thrones sort of, you know, step it up a notch, oh, right? Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. like <laughs> dismembering people a lot on the show. Yeah, and shoving like. kids out of windows right. and all this kind of stuff. It's great. That kid had it coming. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. It knew what it was doing. Mom by told being him not to kid. climb the wall. <laughs> um, right. But, um, you know, like everybody, I'm hearing a lot of like, oh, how much I hate Tywin. Yeah. Yeah. It's the dad. That's the, yeah, that's bad dad. And that's why I call him. Um, (laughs) And I'm like, man, he is like in my top three, you know, of characters. He's getting shit done. That's exactly why. If he was here today, we'd be calling him the captain of industry. (laughs) No, he's brilliantly evil for sure. He is like, he's he's a Rockefeller. He is like a Carnegie. He's that kind of character and he's getting shit done. Well, there, there is like there is no shortage. I'm surprised you don't 
considering what you just said, I'm considering you don't like the show more because there is no shortage (laughs) of horrible people in it. Yeah, Mm -hmm. even the good people eventually become horrible. Right, I mean... Or or get killed. Like, when you're like, when you're like, oh, the hound, that guy, (laughs) and his grabbing a guy's face and shoving it into a sword five times, (laughs) that's so him! Yeah, I I think, I think I, um, it's, it's probably just a general case of fantasy fatigue that I get after a while, which is why, like, I never get sick of the thick of it. But after a while, Game of Thrones sort of tires on me, which is why I usually, this may seem counterintuitive, but I usually just save up the series for after it's done. Just like, all right, I was watching an airplane or something, just like right. here and done. And well, not worry little... about people seeing over my shoulders when horrible, <laughs> disgusting perversions Hey, what happening. are you watching there? Uh, you got yourself a finger bang scene, <laughs> do you? So, uh, oh, it's the good wife. Uh, what's your mileage like? A lot of points? <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> No, I mean, I think there's a lot of I. I feel like the things that were set in motion, like like that, like it's very interesting that Cersei. Come, uh, I mean, Jamie comes back, and Cersei, like he and Cersei, he's no longer on. Like nobody in his family likes him, and it's like <laughs> he's you know, and it's kind of like, what did I do? Like I just yeah. I got captured. I'm sorry that we got ambushed and I was captured. Like, well, he's become more likable to the audience and then less likable to everyone else. So completely. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure that now that I'm coming around to liking him more, he'll definitely get killed. <laughs> yeah. So that feels <laughs> and, like it's happening. Yeah. That feels that feels like, you know, their MO. Can we talk about Peter Dinklage's accent for a second? Because it was pretty rough last night. Was it's, it? It's been rough the whole, the whole I mean, series. It's, it's I not his strength. I, you know, I feel like it's a consistently mediocre, I would Is it? Call it okay. You know? I wasn't sure if it was something where, like, the further you get into the season, he locks into it. Uh, I just, I sort of, uh, I, I just sort of make it, it's just Dinklage accent. And, you know, <laughs> I just, like, I'm like, but I, weirdly, I have, the sa- I have the same problem with, um, what's his name, uh, from The Wire, uh, with the little finger. Yeah. What's his name? Aiden like, Gillen? Yeah. Uh-huh. And, and he's, but, I mean, I guess it's not his native accent, but he does have a... He's he, Irish, right? Yeah, he's, like, Irish, so... Like, he should be able to nail it down. Like, those those yeah. people are very good at accents. You, you would think. Yeah. Mm. So, but uh, but uh, moving past Cersei, um, the other one is the introduction of the new character. The uh, uh, Oberyn. Like, yeah. like, way to introduce somebody that you just know is, like, all, nothing but threats and, like, and, like, oh, I... I believe this gentleman will carry through on his threats. Yeah, well, and, that's, <laughs> like, and that's like what the show has taught you is that that's the kind of character that thrives in this world. If you're trying for anything remotely noble, you will get killed. But if you're just going to be like a badass who wants to go around killing people, mm-hmm. you're yeah. fine, which is why Arya is probably going to be okay now. Oh my God. Right. <laughs> and in a different show, you know, introducing a character like that wouldn't really mean as much as it does in Game of Thrones, where you honestly don't know when somebody's going to bite it. Who's actually like you cannot depend on anybody being expendable or not. Yeah. So when they introduce a character like that, and the first thing he does is make out with a dude and stab another dude <laughs> in the yeah. wrist with a knife, um, yeah. Yeah. you know that he can be a credible threat. And who knows? Like by the end of the whole series, he could be the dude on the throne or whatever, right? Right. You know, like, can I just say something to the to your point about making out with a dude? Can HBO give us some equal opportunity? Some dong. I don't even need to see dong, but like a butt would be nice. I wish I had a ding dong sound effect right there. <laughs> I mean, what is this house of cards? Like there's one kiss and they're like, well, that's enough. Right. Now back to this girl's tits. <laughs> I know the show is kind of it's like, weirdly it's like, like winky 90s homophobic. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know if that's George R.R. R. Martin or if it's. Mm. Mm, I don't know show. that he has that much pull on Fantasy the Fantasy Melrose show. Place. They won't show the. 
yes. Yeah. I mean, they're definitely trying to appeal to like beer swilling dudes with like the ratio of like. I guess. Nudity, which they don't, I don't think they need to. I don't know, think so either. I'm, I, I feel like I know a lot losing... more women that watch the show than men. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I think they're already losing like people who just want to watch like WWF or whatever. Right. You know? It's like. Especially last night because it was WrestleMania. Ah, uh, yes. Oh, <laughs> did not know that. <laughs> it was a big, big night for TV, guys. Right. Um, so you mentioned, you brought up Aria, so we should probably talk about that last oh. scene. Oh, yeah. So good. That, that was, was that was a great that was un- set piece. Yeah. Well, and the fact that I mean, if you you know, you contrast like how Arya is behaving with how Sansa is behaving, and they're both both of them Sansa. having just fucking cry baby. Both of them having Seriously. just found out <laughs> at the same time that their mother and brother were savagely murdered, and Sansa is just like I don't want to eat up, and Arya, Arya ha- and Arya is just like when can I get a horse? Right. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> yeah. And Sansa, I mean, I I love how like. How they just like completely go there with her character that like she fucking offs that guy in like the most incredibly Aria. Not Santa. Aria. I'm sorry, yeah. not Santa. I love that they go there with Santa that she's really just such a whiny baby that you can't stand it. Mm-hmm. Um, no, but then Aria, <laughs> like she like there's like no glimmer of like yeah. remorse yeah. or like is do I really want to do this? It's all like. This is happening yeah. right now, and this is how it's going down. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, and it's no. not even and not even presenting it like, oh, this is kind of sad that this character has gone mm-hmm. down. And it's just like, no. no, hey, isn't this awesome? Like, that guy was gonna rape her. Of course, yeah. she should stab him, stab him more. It is not sad at all. It's it's fully. And as you pointed awesome. out, Tara, this completes the uh, recent child <laughs> yes. rape storyline hat trick for <laughs> Premium Cable of Sunday night shows. I don't even know how many child rapes are happening on other nights of the week. <laughs> so we had I'm one behind we on had Trophy Walking wife. Dead and. And remind me. True Detective. True Detective. Uh, completing yeah. the, yeah. yeah. The mm-hmm. So your way to go, Cable. <laughs> I mean, I, admittedly, I only watch Game of Thrones. I watched the season, yeah. for the series premiere yeah. and the next episode yeah. for the podcast. Right. Last season, I watched the one that you presented for the canon. I watched the season three premiere. And so this literally is the fifth episode I've ever watched. And I feel like Sansa Stark is moping around in all of those yeah. episodes. She is to Game of Thrones what... Daisy is to Downton Abbey. Oh. She is continual mope. She does nothing yeah. but mope. Boo. Yeah, even when she had it good, she was moping. Like even in the very yeah. beginning, when she was just like, she was like, "Oh, I want to marry Joffrey," and like, "Oh, I'd love being." You know, and much important. and much like Daisy, she is you know gonna inherit large tracts of land <laughs> and still cry baby about the whole thing. Oh, she's as, not gonna inherit anything. <laughs> as I tweeted last night, just kill yourself. Like yeah. if if this life is such a veil of tears. Well, no, but I I mean I th- I think. That I think they were just kind of calling that out, and hopefully now, like with that scene, with mm-hmm. like she's like, "Oh yeah, I saved your life," and like she actually smiles. Like maybe right. you know they're gonna pull her out of that because otherwise, like just don't even bother showing it. Let it we can exactly. stipulate that Stanza is <laughs> yeah. depressed. There's, there's almost. I mean, at this point, like since since Joffrey is no longer marrying her, there's like no, there's kind of no reason for her character. So right. Like, She's not until something threatens her, or she yeah. threatens someone. Basically, I yeah. mean, she does sort of like galvanize the new comedy duo of Brienne <laughs> and Jamie, and I just love yeah. that. Like, he's sort of kicked to the curb by his sister, and then he's so like he's just like whipped by Brienne. It's hilarious. It's so yeah. It's just fantastic that I really. That's what I I found last night's episode to be so funny. 
Like they're just from like like good. the Brienne and Jamie thing, and like of course Bron and and Tyrion are just like Bron like, is great. Bron is probably my favorite. Oh, Bron is fantastic. Bron I mean. is just like solid gold the whole time. And Not then, to mention actually having the balls to play a game of chicken over chicken. Yeah, where that whole escalation of you know like oh, you're I, about I, that's, that's, that's not Bron. That's that's no, I'm just saying. Of you oh, know, yeah. things are you know of of you know just uh, the comedy things yes. that happened last night. Oh, yeah. to oh actually, I see. Yes, yes. To yeah. actually play chicken with chicken. But yes. then, like, yeah. and it's been building since last season. Like Arya and the Hound are like the perfect duo. It's the Paper like, Moon remake with. It is. Arya I was going to say they're like is. Totoro and Totoro's <laughs> or whatever. It's so fantastic that they're just like traveling the countryside, and like either one of them is capable of dispatching you with like with no remorse <laughs> yeah well and that's one of the things where like it really it pays off that the show spends so long on these storylines even if they advance slowly because if they had gotten there with Arya and the hound after only a few episodes it wouldn't have been believable because they've been like you've felt the length of their journey together you can believe that they've arrived organically at this point where they're actually like a duo and not just like enemies well it's really interesting because his character like you know he's disfigured because of fire and he's terrified of it to the extent that he he like basically ran away from a battlefield right. like this guy that <laughs> seems unafraid of anything like literally ran away from a, a battle and like and like he's sort of being called on it but it's still like you know like it, it, so it's like it's a weird like sort of humanizing moment for a monster like because he's really a monster of a person <laughs> yarp yarp <laughs> Yes. One the Yarp hot... guy from <laughs> yeah. Hot Fuzz. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. Um, oh, yeah. One more thing I wanted to say about Oberyn. I mean, just just going off of what we were saying before about how much of a, of a badass he is. I just love the fact that he's he's just like walking into the Lannisters' court and being like, tell your father that I'm here to kill all the Lannisters. <laughs> yeah. And like not worrying about what's going to happen to him. Yeah. <laughs> we admire okay. your honesty is what you say that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we hope to change your mind on the subject. Yeah. Thanks for coming to the wedding. <laughs> uh, can we talk about how um, the mother of dragons only has one outfit? Daenerys. <laughs> sure. Okay. She's on the road. You have to pack light. Yeah. You have yeah. to pack light to travel. Yeah, you watch the amazing race. <laughs> mm-hmm. When is that storyline going to intersect with anything else? It's going to be a while, I think. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I that's sort of that's the like long... 170 dead kids from now, at least. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. That was kind of artful how they were just pointing over. It's a good use of resources. Follow me to the gas station. <laughs> Let's all go to the disturbing love. Burn a shade. <laughs> um, so uh, quickly, just around the table, favorite characters because I think that te- it speaks a lot to the nature of the person. Um, yeah, I like Bron. Yeah, based on my five episodes. Okay. Jeff. Uh, it's hard for me to choose. Currently, I'm going to go with Arya because I'm, I'm like she's finally being activated, and Ooh, uh, and she got her, and she got <laughs> yes. her she got her sword back, and it's like, oh uh, well, a long time ago she laid out a list and she started ticking off names, and I'm looking forward to her completing her list. This is what we all want revenge to be. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, at this point, I'd have to say Oberyn. Nice. Yeah. Good choice. Yeah, yeah he seems he, like a really strong seems fun. I'm pretty excited yeah. to see what happens. They really well cast, like just like immediately came in and like this deep into the series to like introduce somebody new and be like, Oh, I want to see more about this yeah. guy. That's Especially since really the last strong. thing I saw him in was Graceland. Did anyone else watch that show on mm-hmm. USA as no. a, as like a CIA 
handler guy. Really? Yeah, nice. very very different role. So when they showed him in the in the, like the previews for the season, and he was saying like, "Tell your father that you know I'm here for revenge or whatever." Like because I guess like Dorn is like Spain in this world. All the Dornish characters have like kind of Spanish accents. I was hoping that he was going to be related to Arya's like sword teacher guy who got killed like way back in the first season. And I was going to be like, Oh, that's awesome. That like that dude knew someone who like came back for revenge. But I mean, it's still cool. Yeah. (laughs) Dave. Uh, Well, I'm going to stick with my first choice of character, which is Tyron. Tywin. 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 No, 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 no. The Peter Dinklage. Tyrion. 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 See, 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 originally we're going to have a quiz (laughs) where people would show, uh, Photos, and I would have to guess a character's name because I know like twenty percent, and then the rest I'm close, or I just have a nickname for him, and I just the way I have to deal with it. But yeah, uh, yeah Peter Dinklage is great in the show. Accent meandering, not you know, notwithstanding, um, I just really love his arc. I feel like he every season he gets more t- more screen time, and you know he is you know you know, the little guy that you root for, excuse the pun, but you know what I mean? Like he's, yeah, yeah. he's, sh- everybody shits on him. Like, yeah. and like, it's so a matter of fact, how everybody in his family shits on him. So every victory that he gets is great. Even if nobody else acknowledges it, you know, like the big battle and from yeah. last season and everything. So, uh, yeah, let's, I would like to see more from him and like, let's get rid of his, um, whore, friend shay yeah shay. yeah she shay. got annoying all of a sudden she, I mean, she was working out okay between them but now it's like uh, i'm not that interested in seeing well i i think we can probably assume that um something not very good is going to happen to her now that she's been tattled on oh right by one of by one of cersei's uh yeah bad things maidens. bad things happen to whores on this show uh yeah <laughs> like really <laughs> bad things also just, oh god there's such a such a why dis- you go there's such a dis- there's such a distasteful loose lip sink ships you made for that one. <laughs> really <laughs> all right let's go around the dial shall we david letterman announced last week that he is retiring from the late show um, he's probably won't take effect until sometime next year, but that hasn't stopped every fucking person from rushing to make their lists of 10 people who should Tywin. replace him. <laughs> that would be pretty good. Yeah. They even kind of look alike a little. Same yeah. coloring. Once a week, a red wedding-esque <laughs> audience <laughs> bloodbath. But on the Thursday, audience. not on Friday. No, not on Friday. <laughs> before you well, well, but on Fridays is the good day for bad news because then everybody has, you know, the weekend to cool <laughs> oh, down. that's true. That's true. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so the latest rumors are CBS wants Stephen Colbert. That would time out well because apparently his Colbert Report contract is totally up next year. I could see that. I could see it, but somebody on my timeline on Twitter last week said Stephen Colbert taking over the Late Show would be like a chess grandmaster switching to you know Twister. Yeah. <laughs> like it's it would be such a but squandering of how his much... gifts. Well, but sh- I can understand. That's assuming the format would stay the same, which isn't necessarily that's like true. When you have so many strong contenders in that field, I mean, I gotta believe somebody's going to try to break out of it. And even if it is a Colbert esque take on it, yeah, you know, even if it's sort of a transitional thing, that would still be quite a bit different from everything else that's there. True. Somebody needs to to break the format. Of, yeah, totally. of late night TV. It is essentially remained unchanged i mean i think fallon years. is doing as much as anyone to do that with you know he's doing more games and like yeah. weird sketches and stuff like that yeah but the top it, of the show is always the same for like yes. that's the, the annoying yes. part to me is like why do you have to start with a monologue like that well yeah they're still trying to mimic johnny carson when like almost nobody watching late night now has ever seen was johnny alive carson. Yeah. Then. yeah yeah 
Um, and then today, now that there, there's a report that's like Chelsea Handler's name's been floated, like Barf. sure it has yeah. by her. I'm <laughs> yes. sure, like I'm sure one of her assistants was like, <laughs> like here, oh, here oh, it oh, might oh, be oh, Chelsea Handler, and so I was like, I hear it might be Chelsea Handler too. Well, I agree with those two, Chelsea Handler. <laughs> I just it's all, it's all just her voice. Yeah. That right. is overrated. <laughs> I can I can see them getting a woman like just to shake it up in that in that respect. I can't imagine that it would be her. I just don't. I mean, I know she's leaving her own show now too, oh. but I don't. I don't see. Mm. I don't see it. Yeah. Anyways, Kathy Lee Gifford. <laughs> that would be interesting. <laughs> Even uh, drunker. Yeah. Anyway, the only problem with this, like you know, David Letterman is sixty-seven. Like he certainly earned the right to step down and retire. It's been a long time that he's been on late night. The only problem I have with this announcement is that he made it a year in advance. So then we have to have a year of like, what's uh, of all the fucking blog like posts that are going to all be the same. It's like the, the presidential campaign. Yeah. Yes, it's already, exactly. Yeah. They already last week, as soon as it happened, there were all like the, the flush of blog posts about like what Letterman has meant to the, like, we know, we, he's not going, yeah. he didn't die. There's still another yeah. year, whole year yeah, to Yeah, but get then to we'll it. get the whole thing. So like the next wave will be, you know, um, the skirt chaser Letterman stories. And yeah. then we'll like a finally no, get no back doubt. to Yeah. Yeah. They'll, they'll come back around. And, and, anyway. and Gawker telling you why you should actually hate David Letterman. Yes. <laughs> By yeah. Hamilton Nolan, the troll of Gawker. Anyway, sidebar Veep also came back last night and Veep is so great. Yeah. Oh, it was really it was good. It was a very, very strong episode, which I may have watched twice. Yeah. I watched it one more oh, time really? when you were at dog lessons on Saturday. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Veep totally merits rewatching. It's, uh, I'm very excited to see what's going to happen this season, especially with, I don't know if you want to spoiler this. Sure, I can do that. Spurs a ho, fun ahoy. Jonah getting fired. So what's going to happen with him? Does that mean he's going to be gone from the show? I got to believe there's going to be some sort of like everybody splitting apart and reforming because for a show called Veep, I don't think she's going to win anything. Something's going to happen. Yeah, true. She is going to be, you know remain the vice president. So I would imagine there'll be like this campaign and things will self-destruct in some manner and then sort of slide back to some measure of status quo territory. Right. Yeah. It's interesting that uh, Elaine from Seinfeld has basically become George from Seinfeld <laughs> in a way. Like, she's so, like, the best possible things could happen to her, but it'll still work out so horribly for her. And yes. it's, it's magical to watch. Well, and she just finds such great ways to be pessimistic about the best yeah. things that happen to her. Yes, but it was, I think, last the, the premiere was a good mix of, like, um, her winning and her losing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like... That she she has this dumb book that she doesn't even like to support. But <laughs> that she didn't she even that, write. <laughs> she didn't even write. But then she got you know that nice moment with Kevin Dunn, like just shit talking yeah. in the hotel suite. The two of them are very funny together. Yeah, it, it's a real testament to the the people that run that show that it really managed to step out of the thick of it sort yes. of style yes. and still be just as strong in sort of a parallel way. Yes, yeah. you know, like it it's really good. And really different, despite, like, on paper, it seeming like it should be a carbon copy. Yeah, I mean, I remember reading something between season one and season two that they had to, like, course correct and have her win sometimes. Mm -hmm. Like, have her mm -hmm. not just be so downtrodden 100% yeah. yeah. of the time. Um, but I agree with you that they've they've calibrated it yeah. really well. Well, you could definitely see that difference in season two versus season one. Yes. Like, season one, I thought, was was good. But, like, had it not been Julia Louis-Dreyfus, I don't know if I... Because she's just so good and so funny mm -hmm. that i don't know that i would have like stuck with it as much yeah and then season two was just like so a good. home run yeah season so two was fantastic. Good. yeah season one reminded me more of 
the like well i haven't really watched the thick of it but i did see in the loop which mm-hmm. i yeah. didn't love and it was i think it was like that was just so hard trying to be like like the micro 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 of politics and then when they, once they get into stuff that's a little bit bigger it's more fun i think yeah the thick of it is good i think you might if you like veep you might like it if you started from the beginning it takes a little while to warm up to but then i feel like you lock in one more thing <clears throat> that it's funny to think if there had not been the Academy of Country Music Awards, there could have been potentially a Gary Cole three three peat on TV last night because it was on Veep <laughs> and on Bob's Burgers and could have come back for his good life role if that show had been on. On to you, Jeff. <laughs> Uh, moving on to turn, I take going going back in time to 1776, mm-hmm. a time when there were spies in America. Mm-hmm. Um, I was kind of excited about uh, seeing the show just because I'm like, sure, like real life spy ring yep. set in a new time period. Sounds great. And I have to admit that for um, I was kind of medium on the pilot. I thought uh, I thought it started off very slow and very confusing. And yes, I agree. Some of the a lot con- of cabbage work. Yeah, <laughs> there's somebody like... Tan these parasites! <laughs> yeah, it really reminded me of the old joke about the guy who goes into a general store and there's bags and bags of salt around and the guy goes, customer comes in and says, wow, you must sell a lot of salt. And the guy goes, no, but the guy who sells me salt, he sells a lot of salt. <laughs> and that's how I felt about that. It's like, it's like the props guy was like, I got us a deal on cabbage. Um, but uh, I like... At first, I was like, is it just because I'm so dumb about history? Which is totally possible, because I am very dumb about history. And uh, But then I thought, I thought it kind of... I thought it, I thought it paid off to a certain extent. I don't think it's... Like, if, if, every, uh, if every episode is sort of this sort of level of excitement, I don't think it's going to be that much worth it. But it seemed like it set the stage for uh, being potentially interesting. It was a mistake for this pilot to be 90 minutes for sure because that was had to catch the last half hour of people that were turning off game of thrones yeah (laughs) Yeah. because it wasn't 90 minutes worth of stuff in that episode and it showed that it was sort of stretched out it did feel long yeah it did and um well first of all i've been calling the show double low 1776 (laughs) i'm very proud of that um but so far no like quill dart cufflinks or anything (laughs) like that um so far. The premise is really interesting. Yeah. I just kind of like, I, I, I will watch a couple more episodes to see if they can kind of kick it up and, um, you know, uh, raise the stakes um, that, um, you know, this um, farmer turned spy, you know, will get himself into. Um, but as it stands right now, it sort of felt like um, that it was like, <laughs> and I hate doing this because I'm like, don't don't do that. But I kind of felt like, why did you guys cancel Rubicon to give us? I this? thought that too. God, Rubicon was so much better. Yeah, I mean, as spy uh, stuff goes, I in really the world enjoyed. of AMC spy dramas, yes, yeah. Rubicon is here. Yeah, up high in the her, air. Her hand is as so high, high above her head. But as you, you know, be. like the they present you with a high concept show, and then yeah. they deliver low energy pilot. Mm-hmm. The disparity. 
appeal is even more magnified, right? Yeah, Jamie Bell is not charismatic Mm-mm. in that title, in that, not the title role. He doesn't play Turn. <laughs> His name is, yeah, He's William Jack, Turn. Jack Turn. The world has tried so hard to make Jamie Bell happen, and he just He's hasn't happened. He's not interesting. Yeah. He's really not interesting. I do, I do have one last thing to say about this, and um, it kind of falls under, I'm not a crackpot. Okay. But? But, enough with turning letters around in titles, <laughs> please. Yeah, I know it's called turn, yeah. and that makes you feel like you've got permission to turn right. the N around, yep. but ultimately, it doesn't mean anything. Uh, see so. also the Americans, although that's supposed see, to be Cyrillic, but... See also the tomorrow people. See also oh. the event. Oh, see yeah. also uh, there are yes, uh, others times. in just like the last five years. It's really, it's... Like it's, I feel like it's like I don't know what to do with this title. Turn one of the word, one of the letters around. I will say, as a non-American, it made me realize why that whole thing about soldiers quartering in people's houses is in the Bill of Rights or whatever. Yes, that does seem annoying. It, it is it horseshit. Really, really seemed very annoying. <laughs> it was a very rude least. house guest. Oh, Speaking rude. to your point, Jeff. Uh, the obvious mistake was that this character wasn't named Jack, and the title of the series was Disunion Jack. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That's had it been on a network, it would have been called that. <laughs> yeah. Nick. So I just I have I have wrapped up my coverage of Agents of Shield for uh, for the Ever. site uh, forever. Yeah. <laughs> <Ever. laughs> I, I feel like wrapped up isn't maybe the right term. I feel like maybe it was buried in the woods. <laughs> no, I, I have I have thrown a match uh, behind my back on the bridge. And that you're walking away in slow motion. <laughs> Agents of Shield. Um, but I I was. So this weekend I saw Captain America, the Winter Soldier, and I was very curious to see it. Not, I mean, on one level because it looked like it was a really cool movie, and it was a really cool movie. Do we have to spoiler this? Uh, We actually probably should for Captain America, yeah. Okay. Captain America, spoilers, a ho, fun, a hoy. I haven't seen it either. Should I leave the room and come back? Because I do want to see it. It's I, I will I will as vaguely spoil it as possible. Okay. okay. Did, you, did you end up seeing it? I have weekend? not. Oh. No, I have not seen it either. Um, so I, I was, I was curious to see it because the producers of the show have, and, and Marvel in general and stuff have tried to say like, look, Captain, I know that we've told you guys that these, (laughs) like the shows are going to intersect with the, with the movies, but Captain America is for real, for real when it's going to happen. And I was very skeptical about that. Um, you know, for a lot of reasons, like for one, if they did a lot of plot points in the movie that only made sense if you watch the show, they would lose almost everyone because almost nobody watches the show. Yeah. Yes. And so the question becomes, how do you like do a connection like that where it works totally even if you've never seen one of the things? And the answer is that you can't really on right. any, in any meaningful way. And the answer is that no, they didn't really connect it in any meaningful way. They didn't. They certainly made no allusions to the whole shield crew that is running around on the on the show mm-hmm. to agent colson still being alive um and the the only crossover thing was that they had like a very secondary agent of shield who's appeared on the show be a very secondary character in the movie <laughs> oh um, his name is Agent Sitwell, which I, mm. which I think may, because Joe and Anthony Russo directed the movie, oh, he also yeah, directed. Yeah. Did his eyebrows movie. move around his head? <laughs> well, he <laughs> is bald, yeah. so nice. that's who directed um, the movie. The, yeah, wow. Well, they and they the direct- same guys who directed the Arrested uh, Development pilot. Uh, yes, that's and crazy. Uh, and a bunch of episodes. And a bunch of, of episodes. Oh, and, yeah, they're mostly and a lot of community too. Oh yeah, they've yeah. directed. They're yeah, they're huge. yeah, and they did. I mean, they. Definitely have a career in in movies based on that. I mean, it was, That's what it was I've heard. I've heard it's to, very good. I would say the action in it was 
like as good as anything in the Avengers. They're like they're going to have to raise the bar a lot for Avengers two to make it awesome. better than this. But um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I I think um, you know the and also I just I just imagine the writers of the show being really pissed off seeing that movie because the action is so big budget and so incredible. They're like, well, fuck, Howard, like <laughs> yet another example of something that we cannot live up to in any way whatsoever. We got um, two Vespas this week, but. <laughs> But the you know the the spoiler that I really revealed that is that has been revealed and I won't I won't say like any specifics about it. I know it, it has but, something to do with the title character, the but secondary the title character. But Shield, I mean, Shield as it exists does not exist anymore uh, after the events of Captain America. Uh, okay. Um. So the whole infrastructure has kind of been taken down. So oh no, who's going to send out all their <laughs> I know, tax which bit, forms well, at the end of the year? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what, what government agency decides uh, new acronym names? <laughs> oh, can George Lucas do the story of rebuilding it from like from like laying out the like HR? Like, who do we start with? Gentlemen, yeah. welcome to uh, T R A D E. But um, but yeah, so I. I, I wonder. I mean, I am now. I am curious to see the next episode of the show tonight because tomorrow. Or, oh, tonight as we uh, t- tonight as we rec- as Tuesday. Uh, yes, tonight as this airs. <laughs> yes, this is not Tuesday as we record. Okay, um, because I mean, are they gonna? If they completely change the show like 180 degrees, then okay. I mean, that's that's gutsy, but it's also like, what was the point of having this boring ass right. two thirds of a season up to then? Well, and if they somehow try to contort it into still being this group of people going around on missions, then it's really stupid. So. Well, FYI, they moved it to nine. They're going to repeat Ooh. another episode at eight. I think this is for a tryout to see how it does in a new. Time so you're time. saying there could be side boob now. <laughs> Yes. Isn't that a question mark? I cannot confirm or deny. But it's, but it's just Agent Coulson. <laughs> Captain America the Winter Soldier and he's the Shields Publisher. <laughs> And finally, I have two uh, previously.tv rewatch uh, pieces of information for you. One, Stargate SG-1 is starting a rewatch from the beginning, starting with the movie, oh. and then proceeding into season one. So if you're interested in that, go to the forums, find Stargate SG-1, and I think it might be starting now. They might be talking about the movie. So a uh, uh, good group of people there. They're very organized. So check that out. <laughs> and second of all, uh, speaking to rewatches, as we talked about last week, um, there is a Firefly rewatch going on. Um, because of all the site busyness, all of a sudden, I have not been able to um, watch Firefly with them, and I probably won't. Um, but as promised, we do have a little um, special treat for Firefly people. Um, we commissioned um, our friend of the show and site, um, Adam Blau, brother of DJB from Television Without Pity, and uh, he's written for us too. Mm-hmm. Um, we commissioned him to do some alternate takes on the Firefly theme. Um, as we all know, the Firefly theme is the best theme <laughs> on television. Um and um, so we commissioned them to do one. Here's the first of, I think we're going to have four on the site eventually. So uh, please enjoy Firefly Polka. Take my love, take my love, take me where I cannot stand. I don't care, I'm still free. You can't take the sky from me. <laughs> take me out to the 
and check the site for um, Yacht Rock version. They'll go up on Tuesday. Oh, so good. And a couple so more excited. versions to come probably in the next week or two. I'm going to retweet this also, but Adam and Dan also are behind Out Couple, yes. a great video that they made. It really fun. <laughs> it's the supposed opening credits of Two and a Half Men from oh, Japan. Oh, that was... Where the beast... It is genius. It is genius. <laughs> so Adam wrote the music for that. I think he wrote the... He came up with the concept as well. It was really good. Is this, was it Adam and Rebecca singing? That's right. Oh, yeah. okay. That's Adam yeah. and, and, and Mrs. Is, Adam. Yes, exactly. Um, Amazing. Yep. So check it out. Futurama is brought to you by Thompson's Teeth. The only teeth strong enough to eat other teeth. I'm nominating season three of Futurama's Insane in the Mainframe into the canon. This episode gives us the delightfully crazy robot, Roberto, as well as giving us a great location in the asylum for crazy characters. Insane in the Mainframe starts with Dr. Zoidberg receiving gifts for his 10-year loyalty to Planet Express, where he's presented with an empty pension fund. Fry realized he needs to start saving for his future, so he uses his talking $100 bill to buy lottery tickets. Well... Down to my last lottery ticket. Cherry. Cherry! Mule. Crud. After that ends, Belia, Fry decides to start a pension account with his last $6. Though he is already $4 in the red, due to a $10 monthly fee, Bender gets to meet an old friend, Roberto. Jeez, I've seen lines move faster in a sperm bank. That's for sure. Roberto, is that you? Bender! Hey, man! <laughs> you old lunatic, how you been? Ah, oh, not bad. Not bad. Everybody on the floor! This is a stick-up! Roberto robs the bank, and as a thanks to the terrified Fry and nonchalant Bender, gives both of them a classic sack full of money. This winds up the both of them in court, where Fry is threatened by a badly disguised Roberto to presumably make hamburger meat out of his internal organs. Apparently an excuse not to testify, according to the 67th Amendment. Their inept hyperchicken lawyer, known as Matt Cluck, comes up with the plan to get them off on grounds of insanity. This works fine for Bender, but happens to have unintended consequences for poor Fry. Counselor, what evidence do you offer to support this new plea of insanity? Well, for one, they done hired me to represent them. Insanity plea is accepted. Mr. Bender, I hereby commit you to the Asylum for Criminally Insane Robots until such time as you are deemed cured. Yahoo! The system fails again! And, Mr. Fry, I sentence you to the Home for Criminally Insane Humans. Your Honor, that facility has been full ever since you ruled that being poor is a mental illness. Order! Order! The only poor people I want to hear about are the people who tend to my paws at the spa. Just send them both to the robot loony bin and let's go. Fry being sent to a place where he doesn't belong has a torrid time. What with his exploding car salesman roommate, malfunctioning Eddie. The car dealer? Wow, I guess his prices really were insane. He's very excitable, so don't say anything to surprise him. Pleased to meet you. Actually, we've met once before. What? and a whole cast of crazy robots tormenting him to near insanity. Oh, you gotta help me, Bender. How can I prove I'm human? You could drop dead. That'd show him. I don't wanna. Hey, man, I believe you're a human. You do? Sure. They don't believe I'm a human either. Name's Unit 2013. Come on, let me introduce you around. Fry, meet Norm. How's it going, pal? Still picking up transmissions from the CIA on your teeth? They just won't stop. 
CIA cafeteria menu for the week of May 15th is as follows. Monday, shepherd's pie. <laughs> Let me guess. He thinks he's Lincoln. Well, he's supposed to. Problem is, he's got multiple personalities. All of them Lincoln. I was born in 200 log cabins. And this here is Frankie. He's convinced he's a lunchroom worker, so they put him to work in the lunchroom. How is work in the lunchroom, Frankie? It's all right. Poor Frankie. Bender, naturally, <laughs> loves it. And develops his own Napoleon complex, mixed with a banjo for some reason. Gonna sing a little tale about a battle called Waterloo. Bonjour, y'all! Luckily, Fry is finally discharged, but to everyone's horror, he has had his emotions stripped and his mind believes that he is a robot. I feel nothing. I am a robot. Beep, 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 beep. beep. Any at all attempts at doing basic work are foiled by Fry's ineptitude at being a robot, and attempts to rouse him to life, even a kiss from Leela, do nothing to stop his insanity. Bender, still in the asylum, meets Roberto again, and the two escape after Roberto vows to rob the bank he was sent here for robbing again, the same bank that he robbed earlier in the episode. After the third robbery, Bender and Roberto decide to hide from the police at Pranit Express, where a drunken Fry, trying to fuel his non-existent power cells, lays sleeping. After everyone is tied up by Roberto as hostages, including Bender, Fry wakes up to save the day. His own personal identity quest to find out what kind of robot he is ends as he discovers he is a battle droid. Roberto runs and stabs him, but a conveniently placed can of oil protects Fry and convinces Roberto that he is really a robot. No knife can penetrate my skintanium armor. Sorry, I spilled the transmission fluid, Mommy. No, no, don't whelp me to the wall, Mommy. We're willing to listen to your demands. Hey, baby, wash that off before you put it back. Roberto flees, and Fry releases the hostages before noticing blood from a nick Roberto gave him, making him realize he is a human after all. This episode is one of the best of Futurama. AMC Network's Sundance Now is a premium streaming video service offering a rich selection of prestige dramas, heart-stopping thrillers, and gripping true crime series from around the world. Sundance Now believes that life is more enriching when experienced through perspectives that differ from our own. Why is Sundance Now so awesome? Sundance Now's catalog includes award-winning original content, international exclusives, and hard-to-find properties at a fair price. You get premium content and no commercials for as low as $4.99 a month with an annual membership. And you can enjoy it anywhere. Sundance Now works on all your favorite devices. Download the app or watch online on Apple and Android devices, Amazon Fire TV, Google Chromecast, Roku, and more. My favorite aspect of Sundance Now is their documentary library. Pop culture investigations like The Cult of J.T. Leroy, The Pussy Riot Doc, and that must-see for Project Runway fans, Bill Cunningham, New York. 
but the catalog is impressively deep on the true crime front, too. There are lots of films I've covered for my true crime newsletter, but just as many I haven't had a chance to watch yet, and I had to force myself not to start Valentine Road instead of recording this ad, so... Let's get to that promo code so that I can get back to the film, and you can join me free for 30 days. Start streaming your next obsession. To try Sundance Now free for 30 days, go to SundanceNow.com and use promo code EHG. That's S-U-N-D-A-N-C-E-N-O-W.com and use promo code EHG for 30 days of free streaming. Thanks, Sundance Now! has a great cast of one-off crazy robots, and the zany plot is wrapped up nicely in a bow at the end. Unfortunately, Roberto is drawn from more than once in later episodes, but his first appearance is a great example of the kind of one-offs that, like that guy that made Futurama great. Thanks for the show, keep up the great work, and hope this reaches you. Oh, and uh, this is by Victor Savage. Victor Savage. Man, he won the name lottery when his parents... <laughs> Gave him that one. Uh, it was the Victor in the name yes. lottery. Uh, thank you, Victor, for that extra credit submission. You get an extra credit. Of course, redeemable for an extra hot great topic of your choosing. Thank you. This is actually one of my favorite Futurama episodes. It's very quoted in our house. Very. My favorite Futurama qu- quote of all time, like without even a doubt, is, Oh, Frankie. <laughs> How's the lunch line there, Frankie? <laughs> it's all right. Oh, Frankie. I, this kills me every time. Um, oh, Gordon Lightfoot's here. Hi, Gordon. Um, yeah, really strong episode. He is totally right that they should have just kept Roberto in the vault. They did bring him back. And much like like the whole series return was like 20% good, 80% forget about it. Especially since what ended, what had been the series finale was such a great way to end it. It was pretty opera. good. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Um, but um, I really do like this episode a lot. It is up there with the um, Time Keeps On Slipping episode for me. Um, he's right. It's, it's pretty dense um, with the kind of jokes that made Futurama good without being too sort of internet jokey where it's like oh here's a whole bunch of math puzzles and alien graffiti and stuff like that which you know is a fun little treat here and there but i find sometimes with science fiction shows or shows that sort of overlap with science fiction is they can tend to listen to the fan base too much you know kind of the squeaky wheels and then that sort of um translates into the type of show that i think futurama became after its return like a balloon and something bad happens. <laughs> like a balloon and something bad happens. <laughs> um, the other um, quote from this that I really enjoy is uh, Hermes' just throwaway line about um, after uh, Fry is scrambling to get things to eat at the uh, asylum. Poor Fry. He's got the munchies for freedom. <laughs> I just love it. This is your second most quoted Futurama line, probably. Probably, yeah. This, so, you know... I am often reminded of this episode because I do quote it so much. Um, there is a kind of a chunk um, that isn't so great. I'm just curious if anybody's going to talk talk about maybe a weak point of this episode, but I'll let everybody else go first. Um, who wants to go? One of you gentlemen should go first. Sure. Um, so I, I am not a huge Futurama fan or watcher. I've seen probably 10 or fewer episodes in my lifetime. Uh, I had not seen this one before. Um, so I, I did, I liked a lot of individual gags in this episode and like pretty much all the ones that, that Victor 
had us include are were some of my favorite moments. I don't know that it was my favorite Futurama on the whole um, for a couple of reasons. Uh, one is that I, I sort of feel like like Futurama has the same thing going on as The Simpsons, where like The Simpsons got much better once it stopped focusing on Bart and started focusing on Homer. Right. And this episode focuses a lot on Fry, and I feel like the funnier ones are the ones that focus on Bender. Um, I just don't really find Fry to be that funny of a character. Like I, I feel like you know he's it's like the lazy slacker stuff. Just kind of like I don't know. It's it feels a little one note to me. And um, and I also I felt like having Fry in the robot hospital was hilarious. But as soon as he got out, it was no longer funny to me. And that was I was Is like, that oh, what you were why did say? he? Why did he have to stay in the? Why couldn't he just stay in the hospital for the whole episode? And yeah, yeah, that it, that 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 it sort of loses its wacky magic. Yeah, when I mean, they get out of the once once he's like out and pretending to be a robot, it felt like it was like grasping. It was yep. like kind of like an improv show where they have like a good idea, and then once they're trying to like heighten it too far, it just like gets out of control. Um, I the exploding roommate. I if the whole episode had been that, I I probably <laughs> I would vote a definite yes because I could have seen that like gag another twenty times. That was just like the previous the episode that malfunctioning Eddie is in is so great too because it revolves around Amy buying a, going to buy a car she doesn't know because she's the rich character she doesn't know how it works right. so they, she looks at the sticker price and then she's like I don't know 80,000 so it's like it's not an auction so you see a, when the guy that comes to visit malfunctioning editor Eddie Vicker, Victor is one of the car dealers so you just see the gag in the back where Victor is like I don't know my boss is going to be really mad and he goes into his office and you see them through the glass like jumping up and down Anyway, continue. Um, and then one thing that just like, you know, I know it's a comedy and everything's supposed to be fair game, but like the the voice of Roberto made me a little uncomfortable because I felt like it was, he was supposed to be kind of a black robot and it was like, felt kind of like comedy black voice to me. And it was mm. voiced by, it was voiced by David Herman, who's a white guy. So I feel like, well, you can do that, but like, why not just bring in a, you know, one of thousands of african-american voice actors to do that like it does that felt a little bit like or one of the know, ones that's actually on staff like right phil lamar yeah um so that you know i don't know that it, i i didn't think that made him funnier and it made me feel a little a little weird about the uh about his uh his whole character um so i guess he's saying i'm a racist <laughs> everyone who likes this show is a racist you <laughs> also fair that's totally fair, fair. That's fair. <laughs> everyone who's ever watched futurama you hear that victor savage yeah <laughs> <laughs> um and, and and on that highly political note i will yield the floor oh, jeff. great <laughs> great uh, how racist are you jeff <laughs> i really love that you were my opening act <laughs> um uh, yeah, I'm. I'm actually. Uh, I'm actually more of a Futurama fan. Although I didn't. I don't think I've seen. I don't think I saw a single episode after it came back. But it's probably like, fine. But like early on, I I used to watch it, and then I sort of just fell away. Um, and I really. So I was like, oh, this will be fun. Like I generally like like them, and I I was just sort of surprisingly like meh about this episode. Like I thought there was a lot of funny stuff. Like some of the stuff you talk about, and actually the like the I think it's the first soundbite the cherry cherry mule (laughs) to me like mule is like the funniest possible choice it really is i thought that at the time i was watching it because my memory it was donkey it was like oh no of course it's mule mule is funnier like you know you know a joke's coming you know it's like cherry cherry and the third one's going to be something else and like mule and you know the writer's room they had a list of like 300 yeah like and mule is seriously the funniest i often have these these 
scenes in my head where writers are in a room and they spend three hours talking about the most comedic number to use when somebody oh, says yeah. how many of this or that. Yeah. The other thing about the mule is that they do a little callback to it. A yeah, little yeah, bit yeah later. it was like, are you a mule, mule farmer? Mule yeah. farmer. Yeah. Yeah. At the yeah. bank where the teller says, yeah, uh, I don't think you, you know, whatever, you know, mule <laughs> I mean, farmer. I thought, and for some reason, I found it really funny that in that to call in his threat, Roberto has a flip phone, which seems even funnier now because such yeah. a thing is so so not not a thing anymore. Right. Um, I just the character of Roberto just does nothing for mm, me. Yeah, like I, I just agree. like I wow. he just kind of like he's like I I kind of get who he is. Um, I didn't have a problem with the racism, I guess. Um, Nick, I don't know what the deal is. No, I mean, I didn't like, I didn't think that would like, to me, that wasn't like the problem. It's just like, I don't know. It just like, there's a weird moment with Roberto at the end where he's like, as he's about to jump out the window, he's having this flashback to his bomb who was welding him against the walls. Oh, yeah, that was really yeah. weird. It was like super dark and not funny. And I was yeah. just, and the other, so that was like, I that was an odd comedic choice for that moment. Cause it, it, it took something that, could have been lighthearted and it kind of just tweaked it where it was like well that was that was odd and dark it's also it's also a weird kind of resolution to the story is that he's like freaked out that fry is actually like it just sort of logically didn't make that much sense to me but the main thing i think where it stumbles is like oh it seems to be setting up that this is going to be like a parody of cuckoo's nest yeah i mean with i mean it has to be because it's got a nurse ratchet who's literally a robot with a ratchet, ratchet arm yeah. mm-hmm. and then nothing no, is made of that and it's just gag, like it's yeah. and so to me it's like oh well but why although i think futurama might be the only animated show that touched on one thrill of the cuckoo's nose without, without doing the big chief throwing the <laughs> sure uh <laughs> drinking fountain through which the window the, which, which they did on the simpsons at least twice yeah like, at <laughs> least twice and the critic and like like yeah. everything yeah. yeah so i mean it's like it's almost like, well, why even like, it's sort of like a half measure of like, yeah. well, we'll go yeah. kind of half of the way there. And so I, so like, like to me, like the gold standard is poplars like, yeah. for, for a Futurama. Yeah, like, that's a very good one. One. And I mean, I, sorry, it start, uh, where the they, sentient chicken nugget. looking things <laughs> Yes. That uh, they, find, they find craters full of chicken nuggets on a planet. What seemed to be some kind of delicious food. And they're actually, they're actually larvae of, larva. some, of an <laughs> alien. It's like, an, it's a nurse planet. It's a fantastic episode. But I mean, that said, like it starts off with maybe one of the funniest jokes ever on TV. Thompson's teeth. Strong enough <laughs> yeah. to eat other teeth. Like yep. that's like, that's like, to me, like it's moments like that. And the cherry, cherry mule, like that's like, that's, evidence of how great Futurama can be. And I, it's not like I thought this was a bad episode yeah, yeah, yeah. or anything. I just thought like, ah, I mean, like there are parts I enjoyed, but I was really kind of hoping for more. The other weak spot of this episode is the courtroom. Uh, yeah. Although I never knew that that character was called Matt Cluck. That Matt really Cluck? makes me like him more. That's yeah. pretty good. Yeah, yeah me too. Um, uh, Judge Whitey is sort of like, you have to use him about one third of what they actually used him because. Did he's... you have a problem with that character, Nick? <laughs> yeah, Nick. Surprisingly, he had a blind eye to that. <laughs> Although I do enjoy, I understand that banks are where pe- pe- poor people keep their money. <laughs> the the political stuff d- jokes in that courtroom scene like made me so surprised to see that it was in 2001 because I was yeah. like, wow, that felt so current. All that, like, all this Yeah. Good. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I like, I, I also think it's, it's a great episode right up until the point that when Fry gets out and then it's sort of, it falls, it falls apart. 
Um, I I especially like the sequence where Fry is being um, in uh, on ramped into the mental hospital, where oh, you yeah, get to see great. him go th- on the conveyor belt and, <laughs> and like, the drill, the drill going into his mouth, going into yeah. his mouth, and yeah. then it, you know the, he has a gamma scan and it makes his all his stomach acid boil and that that and again I think like the sound guy. When the writers talked an hour about what's the right kind of belch for this <laughs> right. moment. Yeah. Is it a big rolling one? But no, it's actually just like a reflux belch. It was perfect. <laughs> um, but like the apocalypse, being wrongly imprisoned is one of my irrational fears. Yeah. And so this, is, this is, has a lot of resonance for me. There's How, nothing irrational about that. That's, that's true. Yeah. How would you convince a robot mental asylum that you're not actually a robot, right. the more you insist on it, the more they're just going to think you're intractably crazy and, you know, trying to point at your face and saying, look, I do all kinds of human things. I age, see? Yeah. <laughs> he tries to yeah. age in front of him. Um, so all that stuff was really good, I thought. And yeah. the, the sequence that we played with Unit 2013 showing him the ropes was is, is gold. I will admit, I think I'm blinded by how much I love you love Frank joke I love the Frankie joke so much it's, it's a, like my it's top really, 10 my top 10 TV things like it's a really great list. it's like a it's like just like a, a surprising like you're expecting it's such yeah. a bigger joke and it's just yeah it's all right and yeah, and, and, and the other jokes are really good in that sequence like all like that's why I kind of wish that they spent more time in the asylum because yes. the CIA dude when he opens his mouth all his teeth are like little radar dishes <laughs> yeah. that's why he's picking up the transmissions about the lunchroom <laughs> And then the other joke I really like is... Again, shepherd's pie. How did they decide on that one? Yeah. As yeah. opposed to... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, New England clam chowder or something. That was a, a writer's assistant forced to come up with a list of 27,000. <laughs> oh, I assume, it, I assume it was a good shepherd movie joke. Shepherd's pie. Oh, well, this was well before the good shepherd movie. Oh, that's, that's was a, it? Yeah, yes, yeah. 2001. Yeah. Oh, yeah. all right. Um, well, I guess this, the good shepherd was based on this episode. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And the other I joke mean, I really like is the uh, schizophrenic multiple personality oh, Lincoln. Log yeah, I was born in 200 <laughs> log cabins. That's a great, that's a good piece of business. I, I like the Mad, the Mad Hatter, too, even, even though it doesn't, oh, yeah. doesn't really yes. add anything to the Mad Hatter. I, I just love any Alice in Wonderland reference. But, yeah, I mean, I, I, do agree with, I do agree with everybody that it would have been a much stronger episode if they could extend that sequence and just put an out-of-asylum button on it in, in a more efficient manner, maybe. Much like News Radio did in their wrongly imprisoned in a mental hospital episode, which is much better and also yeah. has one of my favorite gags. Let's go with snack time. What are they serving? Snacks! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> anyway, so. Bio units, terminate noise exchange. All right, so let's put to a vote, Tara. Uh, I wish I could give half a vote, but I can't, so I'm going to have to vote nay. But thank you so much for the submission, Victor Savage! <laughs> As terrified as I am of you because of your name, Victor Savage. <laughs> I'm, I'm just glad I'm not the deciding vote and I'm voting no. Sorry. Uh, yeah, and uh, <laughs> the racism has no reflection <laughs> on my vote, but I am still voting no because I didn't laugh enough. Uh, I am voting yes. Um, I do admit to this episode's um, faults, but I think the strong pieces work so well for me and are exactly in you know my sweet spot that um i overlook it so uh one vote me and you victor when the revolution starts remember who's not against the wall it's me that's right Futurama Season 3, Episode 10, Insane in the Mainframe. Sorry, you are not inducted into the extra hot great canon. Americans love a winner. Yeah. 
and will not tolerate a loser. Nope. It's time for winners and losers of the week. Tara, take it away. The winner of the week is a very dear, close friend of Dave's, and it's a surprise. Okay. It's Dracula. (gasps) Oh, my God. I didn't know. I know. It was a surprise. (laughs) (laughs) The reason that Dracula... I'm here. (laughs) Surprise we could get him on such short notice. ...is that his very good friend, Jonathan Rhys-Meyers, apparently tweeted or in some other way indicated that... That guy's a righteous dude. (laughs) He claims there's going to be a second season of Dracula. That has not been confirmed anywhere else. Can you see the size of my smile? (laughs) But I felt like that merited comment. Oh my, this is exciting <laughs> news. When will we find out for sure? I don't know. I'm, I will keep an eye on it. Have your people talk to my people. <laughs> I can imagine a scenario where it comes back in England, but NBC is like, we're good. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it did so, so great here. All right. Good news. And who's our loser of the week? Well, loser of the week is the Carrie Diaries and probably and indirectly Sarah D. Bunting because her favorite, Chloe Bridges, um, has just booked a guest arc on the next season of Pretty Little Liars, which either means the Carrie Diaries is not likely to come back. It's, it was definitely on the bubble. Or if it comes back, she will not probably be in it. Either way, it's very sad. Sad news for Chloe, a.k.a. Donna LaDonna. The Carrie Diaries, a- nice little show. <laughs> Cute. You're a fan? I've lived through many decades. <laughs> and and like- the 80s being the me decade. <laughs> was good <laughs> greed is good <laughs> uh what's that dave what hang on oh okay um oh i see do you know what time it is is it game time sir game time i am told it is <laughs> All right, everybody, since uh, Sarah is away, this will be a non-regulation week for game time, but... Mm-hmm. Off come the pants. Three... <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> we got to be comfortable. No loss. <laughs> so at three Dave points up for grabs today, Oh, wow. the winner will receive three coveted mysterious Dave points. How many Dave points do we have to get to find out what a Dave point well, is? Well, I assume you've all been keeping track of your Dave points. I have zero. Sarah has. I don't think anyone else has. How many do I have to use to get out of this apartment? <laughs> <laughs> we'll find out at the end of oh the show. Boy. So since Sarah is gone, this will be non-regulation. This week's game time comes from Ron Ackner, who earns himself an extra credit. Redeemable for an extra hot great mini topic of his very own choosing. Today we are playing a game we sort of played in the past, but it's been updated and expanded. We are playing Bands on the Run. Oh, fun. Which will test your knowledge of fictional TV bands. Very good. I will read you the name of a band from TV, and you tell me what show it is from from for two points. If you are stumped, you can ask for a hint. And I will give you the name of a member from the band. I will add that sometimes the member will be very useful. Sometimes not so much. Uh, that some, is the way of life. Sometimes when I say 
it's the Tom band and you asked for a clue, you might hear the clue, Tom. Got it. <laughs> um, after the clue is given, the right answer is worth one point. Got it. There are 60 bands in play. Ooh, Everybody's going to have 20 questions. Okay. What Plus, is... we have a tiebreaker. Okay. Yes, Tara. What is our order? Okay, let's go to picky. picky. That is our person in control choosing initiative 3000 to see who's going first. We will start with valued guests. Uh-oh, valued oh. guests. So. Let's see it. Rock, paper, scissors, go. Uh-oh, scissors. Oh, double go. scissors. Okay, uh, rock, paper, scissors. Rock, okay, very so good Jeff. at rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> Mr. Jeff Drake will go first. Are we going to go clockwise? Nick will go second since Count he's the other guest. And then Tara will go last. Get it. Okay, are we ready to play Bands <laughs> on the Run? Sure. You bet. Yes. Oh, I do want to say... There is a band clue that if the clue is not given, I will ask you for the ans- for for the band member in question. You'll see when you come. Okay. If you can give me the correct answer for that band member, you win the game instantly. What? There's a golden snitch? There's a golden <laughs> snitch. Wow. Okay. Okay. So, starting with Mr. Drake. Yes. The band is Feedback, looking for the show. The band is Feedback. You can ask for a clue. I will give you the char- one of the uh, characters that was a member of Feedback. I will take a clue, please. Mr. Rosso. Mr. Rosso. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, I wish Nick had won rock, <laughs> paper, scissors. Um, I literally have no guess, so I will say Smallville. <laughs> Freaks and Geeks? Freaks and Geeks is the correct oh, answer. Dave Gruber Ellers. Dang it. All right. It's been Nick, I think yeah. you're going to. I got a good feeling about this one. The band Dingoes Ate My Baby. Oh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> correct. Why isn't my. There we go. All right, Tara. Yep. The B Sharps. The Simpsons. Correct God. for two points. <laughs> Back to Jeff. Yes. The Worthless Peons. <laughs> Jeez. A uh, clue, please. Ted. Oh, is this How I Met Your Mother? Good guess. The show Scrubs. Oh, oh yeah. Scrubs, okay. that's the acapella. I'll be making band. that noise a lot. Uh. <laughs> um, I will say the questions were randomized before the start of the game from what I received from Ron. So if you start getting all hard questions, you have to blame fate, not me or the author of the game. Moving on. I blame Victor Savage. <laughs> the racist, he's behind everything. <laughs> Nick. Yeah. The Woggles. Oh, the Woggles. Uh, I know I should know this. I need the hint. Uh, band member of the Woggles is Russ. Russ. Maybe I don't know this. No, you know it. The Woggles. You'll be mad when you hear it. I'm going to be, yes, just, I don't know. Rest of development. I know, I didn't mean to press that, and then I didn't want to stop it. (laughs) um, That is uh, not from Rest of Development. That is from 30 Rock. 30 Rock. Oh, yes, That is the... um, Jenna's uh, dating one of them. Yes, and and then he's sort of creepy at the end of that. That's right. All right. Um, I miss you, but hey, anytime that you can hear Hot Potato <laughs> is a good time. Yeah. So now we're on to Tara. Yes. Your band, Mystic Spiral Brackets. They're thinking of changing the name. Hint. Trent Lane. Oh, um, Daria. Daria, one point. Back to Jeff. 
Johnny Fish and the Finns. I don't like this game. <laughs> <laughs> A hint, please. Johnny Fish. Uh, now I will say, um, think about words in the um, in the band name. Place it in time. Maybe you'll get it for one point. Johnny Fish and the Finns. I said Finns oddly. Maybe I put an emphasis on Finns. I don't know. The Fish Police. Uh, Happy Days. Oh, that's what I was going to be SpongeBob. That's yeah. what I thought too. <laughs> yeah, that, was, that would be a good guess. All right, Nick. Annie T and her Bayou Cadillac Band. Wow. Wait, what's the. Say that again? Annie T, the Annie letter T. T. Annie T. And, yeah, Annie, as an Annie, you know, gun. Right. And her Bayou Cadillac band. Ugh. You want no. an extremely useful hint? That's gonna die. Don't yes, take it. I'll, I'll take the <laughs> hint. Because, come on, Bayou is already Annie a hint. hint. I imagine. I don't actually know. I'm just guessing. Is it True Blood? <laughs> Close. It's everybody's favorite show. Give him about a hint. I did. Annie T. Oh, Tremaine. Tremaine. Uh, yes. uh, yeah. I love so that you're not watched. I love that it was Annie. You know, as in Annie Gun. <laughs> yeah, what? Annie, Annie, get your gun. <laughs> Annie Gun, comma, get your. <laughs> yeah. I'm just trying to move it along. Okay, all right. Uh, I, By I, saving I, those two words? I'll start removing vowels, too. <laughs> <laughs> all right. King Thunder. King hit, Thunder. Hit. Jeffrey Tonic Mole. Nope, don't know. Tough one, Quantum Leap. Mm. Oh wow, Jeff. The, oh boy, the the beats. <laughs> the beats. What's that? Two E's. The vegetable. Uh, I'm just gonna go straight for the office. Doug. That was from the cartoon Doug. Mm, sure. All right, Nick. Yeah. Downtown Sas- Sasquatch. Downtown Sasquatch. One feels familiar, but I'll take the hint. Craig Manning is a band member of Downtown Sasquatch. Oh. Tara knows That would have meant something to me. Well, you might be able to use that. It means something to Tara. It's from a show I watched. That'll narrow it down. Okay, so we're down to like (laughs) two. Yeah. Um, No, I don't know. Degrassi. Correct. Degrassi. Uh, All right, Tara. Yep. Zack Attack. Saved by the Bell. Correct. Jeff. Oh, yes. New Directions. New I'll, Directions. I'll take a clue. Uh, the entire cast of this show is in New Directions. <laughs> Pretty of much. Course. Go um, fish, please. <laughs> so there's a show out there that involves a lot of people being in some sort of band of some sort. Uh, You're probably pretty happy about it. Is it Mythbusters? <laughs> You want to give a real answer? That's my... (laughs) The show is Glee. Mm. Glee. Excellent. All right. Mr. Rinewell Jones, Crucifictorious. Oh, Friday Night Lights. All right. Sorry. Bringing us into our first score break. The Kardashian 11. Hint. Kim. Oh, is it really keeping up with the Kardashians? Saturday Night Live. Oh, of course. Right. So, here we are at uh, quarter mark. Uh, Jeff, looking to get on the board. Yep. Yes. Nick has four. I have five. All right. 
easy to come back from this, Jeff. Oh, definitely. Low, feels, low, we're talking this, low points. It feels really low easy. They're all right going to be fish police yeah. from now on. Okay. <laughs> Ready, Jeff? Yes. William Hung and his Hung Jury. Oh. oh. Uh, well. William Hung and his Hung Jury. Sure. Uh, and the answer is not going to be American Idol or oh. like a like a mm. show like that. That's too bad. Uh, then I'll take a, a hint. Please. All right. Um, featuring a player in William Hung and his Hung Jury is William Hung. <laughs> These are all my clues. These are all my clues. It's just something from the title. Uh, let's say... Um, Cosmos. You've made a huge mistake. I have. Mm. It's Arrested Development. Mm. Mock trial with J. Ryan Hold. I... Mock trial with J. Ryan Hold. Oh. All right. I forgot. Number 17. Spread Eagle. For Nick. The Horn Dogs. The Horn Dogs. Hint. Oswald is in The Horn Dogs. Oh, uh, the Drew Carey Show? One point. Tough one for Tara. Yep. The bo- the Ocean Bottom Nightmare Band. Is this SpongeBob? C Lab twenty twenty one. Sure. Mm-hmm. All right. Got a good feeling about this one, Jeff. I think you're going to get on the board. I have no. I, I'm sure it's unrelated to this question. <laughs> the band, the yes. Blues Brothers. Ah. The show. Saturday Night Live. Correct. Two points. And just like that, you're in the game. Oh, my God. Yeah. Way. Only three points behind the other (laughs) two of us. Way, no way. Hint. Chandler. (laughs) (laughs) Friends. All right, Tara. Yep. The Redcoats. Hint. Fred. Nope, I don't know. The Dick Van Dyke Show. All right. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Jesse and the Rippers for Mr. Drake. Oh, my gosh. Are you kidding me? Full house. Two points. Just like that, he's back in the game. Literally, there have been three out of all of these questions (laughs) that I've been able to get, and two of them I've got. All right. (laughs) For Nick, black, sorry, fat, black, horny, and Joe. (laughs) Uh, hint. Glenn. Glenn is a member of this band. I, chose Glenn. I will give you a last n- initial. Glenn Q. Glenn Q. I don't know. Glenn Quagmire from The oh. Family Guy. All right. Tara? Yeah. Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem. The Muppet Show? Correct. Correct. All right. Um, for Jeff. Death Clock. Oh. Um, I know this one. I do know this it's one. It's a time slot neighbor to your wife's show. Uh, Sometimes. It's, uh, is it called Metalocalypse? Metalocalypse? <laughs> Close yes. enough. <laughs> Metalocalypse is correct. Uh, adult, a, adult Swim Companion to Bob's Burgers. Yeah, mm-hmm. I had a case of Dave Mouth, and yeah. I couldn't say Metalocalypse. Oh, boy. Hurtful. <laughs> All right. So um, moving on to Nick, your band is the Tatas. Hint. Linda. 
Bob's Burgers? Correct. One point. <laughs> funny how that worked out. That is funny. All right. Tara. Yes. Frozen embryo. Oh, no. I know it. Frozen embryo. What's the show? Hint. Jordan. Oh, of course. My so-called life. My so-called life is correct for one point. Jeff. Yes. Faith plus one. Wow. First of all, that is a great name for a band. <laughs> um not uh, to be confused with Crucifictorious. <laughs> um, I'll have a hint, please. Your band member is Cartman. Ah, <laughs> South Park. Good for one point. Nick, Karma yeah. Rocket. Karma uh, Rocket. That sounds familiar, but I'm going to need the hint. Uh, Karma Rocket, Kyle Bradway. Kyle Bradway's in Karma Rocket. Any no, idea? No, I don't. Veronica Mars? No, close. Party Down. The oh. Veronica Mars uh, Future Farm Team or something. <laughs> yes. yeah. Yeah. All right, bringing us into our halfway point. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tara? Yes. Leaf 7. Hint. Leaf 7. Hint. Yancey. Futurama. Correct. Uh. Correct. Well, Jeff and Nick are tied with 7, and wow. I have 9. All right, so very close game. Yep. Halfway through, moving on to Mr. Drake. Yes. Your band, Drive Shaft. Oh, lost. Two points. I never thought I would be back in this game, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> Nick. Yeah. The Operating Room Doors. And? Leo Marcus. Oh, that name sounds Tara's familiar. got a smile on her face. That Leo should tell Marcus. you something. Leo Marcus. Children's Hospital? Yes. Will and Grace. Ah. Will and Grace. All right. Tara. Yep. Indomitable Spirit. Mr. Show with Bob and David. Correct. For Jeff. Yes. Let's see where we are in the list. Lost my place. There we go. Hep Alien. Oh. Wait, say it again. Hep. H-E-P. Alien. Hep Alien. I'll have to take a clue, please. Lane Kim is a member of Hep Alien. Lane Kim. You know what that's from? If you don't know that, you don't know it. Yeah, it sounds familiar. I'm not going to pull it out of my head, so. Answer? Gilmore Girls. Gilmore Girls, Mm, correct. All right, for next, Sadgasm. Sadgasm. (laughs) Uh, Hint? Uh, Band member of Sadgasm is Lenny Leonard. Lenny Leonard, what's the show? The Simpsons? One point. Wow. It's from the terrible 90s episode that still fills me with rage. The retcon one? <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's terrible. It's Nun- long after I stopped watching. Yeah. Nuns in a blender. Nuns in a blender. <laughs> this is for you, Tara. Oh, hint. Johnny Rath was in Nuns in a Blender. Nope. I do not know. If Joe Reed was here, he might get it, because it's from The Critic. The Critic. All right. For Jeff, Visiting Day. Visiting Day. Visiting Day. Visiting Day. Need a hint? Yes, please. Richie Santini. Richie Santini. What show is he from? If you don't know, take an educated guess. You might get a point. Richie Santini. Um... Uh, growing Pains. Ooh. Mm. Hey, it's a nice a show for the racists. Sopranos. 
Oh. <laughs> That's why I said thinking. Um, all right. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Nick. The party posse. Hint. Nelson was in the party posse. Also the Simpsons? Correct. That was the boy band. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Chalk full of notes for Tara. Chalk full of notes. News radio. News radio, correct. Good pull. Synchronicity for Jeff. Nope. Scrantonicity? Scrantonicity, yeah, yes. Sorry. I was going to guess yeah. The Office anyway, though. The Office. Yes. Um, yes, featuring the oh man, uh, Synchronicity 2 is the one with the can't hear you over the din of our Rice Krispies. The best line that Sting has ever written. Oh. Yes. Um, lost my place again. <laughs> Defiance of anthropomorphic, anthropomorphic sea mammals. Defiance of anthropomorphic Morphic sea mammals. Nick. Hint. Brendan. Brendan. Now I will say, think this one through. Ah. You might guess from the absurdity of the title. Got an answer? Brendan's not going to help you. SpongeBob? Everybody wants something to be <laughs> yeah. SpongeBob. Is it home movies? No, it's Portlandia. Portlandia. Uh, so that one will be oh, fish police, damn it. All right, Tara. Yep. The electric shoes. Hint. Oh. Kevin Arnold. Oh, the Wonder Years. All right. For um Jeff. Jeff. <laughs> Mouse Rat. Mouse uh, Rat. Mouse Rat. Parks and Recreation. Two points, Nick. Sound Mound. Sound Mound. Sound Mound. Hint. One of my favorite characters on television, Pete Hornberger. 30 Rock. One point. <laughs> All right, taking us into our three quarters mark. Black Appella. Black Appella. Happy endings? Ooh. <clears throat> Would the hint have helped you if I said Burton? Nope. Psych. Psych. Ah. All right. We have 15 questions left. The score is... Nick has 10. Jeff has 13. I have 14. All right. Super close. Jeff. Feel those save points slipping away. (laughs) (laughs) Boys to Menorah. Oh. Uh, Happy endings. Two points. Nick, Dr. Funke's 100% natural good time family band solution. Arrested Development. Correct. Tara, yes. the Bizarros. Tough one. Probably the toughest one. I'm going to guess. Hint. Ian Rubbish. Ian Rubbish. The Bizarros. The Young Ones? Oh, totally would have been. Yeah, good guess. guess. Saturday Night Live. That was my other thought. That's a stupid Fred Armisen band. Yeah. All right. Jeff. Yes. Three times one minus one. Oh, I I know it. This one's going to make me mad. But wait. If you can give me the band member in question, instant win. Golden Snitch. Instant win. If I ask you for the band, I will give it to you. But then, and I win instantly. No, (laughs) I don't think I follow. Um, 
Yeah, I don't. Oh, God, I don't think I can do this. Need a hint? Yes, I do. Okay. The band member in question is Pootie T. Wolfgang Amadeus Stallone's Von Funkenmeister, the 19th and three quarters. Uh, Futurama? Tarnos. Mr. Show. Mr. Show. Damn. All right. Um, For Tar. No, for Nick. Pamela. Pamela Lansbury. Pamela Lansbury. Hint. Kurt Hummel. Glee. One point. Tara. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scum of the Earth. No hints on this one. No hints on this one. Scum of the Earth. It made Jeff gasp. So we'll give you two guesses because there's no hints. That sounds fair. Scum of the Earth. Scum of the Earth. A band featured on this show. Guess number one is? Roswell. Now you get a second guess. Popular. WKRP in Cincinnati. Oh. Okay, so we're on. I going to pull it either. Jeff? Yes. Two band names, all same members, Chemical Toilet and The Electric Dream Machine. <laughs> I wish that was one band name. That was Chemical Toilet and the Electric (laughs) Dream Machine. Uh, I I need a hint for this. Uh, Your band member name is Charlie. Um, Charles in Charge. It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Uh, Okay. All right. Nick, Mm -hmm. The Exits. Hint. Corey Matthews was in The Exits. I don't know. That's Boy Meets World. Boy Meets World, oh. correct. All right. Uh, on to Tara, and after this, we'll do a score break. Your band name, The Silver Platters. Hint. Jan. Show with a Jan that had a band named The Silver Platters. The Brady Bunch? Good for yeah. one point. Let's hear the scores. Wow. Nick has 13. Jeff and I are tied with 15. All right. You both, everybody has two questions left. Okay. So the game is up for grabs. Very exciting. It's very exciting. Dave points on the line. Jeff. Yes. (laughs) Boys for now. Bob's Burgers. (laughs) Now we have to like, in the interest of full disclosure, (laughs) say that your wife is a writer on Bob's Burgers. And wrote that episode. And wrote that episode. And... All questions have been randomized before they the beginning. And Louise, that one. and Louise was in love with Boo Boo, the lead singer. Yes, yes. Boo Boo was one of my was favorite Schmidt episodes. And Dave saw him. Yes, at the at the coffee. We shop often see each other this in the morning, morning. at our coffee, a local oh, yeah. uh, coffee shop. He shops at that Ralph's. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're on to Nick. Yes, the band Cold Slither. Have you been paying attention As to things I like? As much on this podcast. Not today. Cold Slither. We're playing a tune. No way. Cold Slither. You'll be joining us soon. Yeah. Cold Slither. Hit. Zartan. Zartan's a member of Cold Slither. What's the show? Uh, I'm going to kick myself, but I don't know. It's too young. And too not paying attention. Knowing's half the battle. 
G.I. Joe. That was... Uh, uh, that was the episode that Dave made Mark watch. Yeah. It is fantastic. Oh, if you haven't... Oh, yeah, right. go on Netflix, watch it. It is the dumbest thing. It is so don't, great. Don't do no, no, you should watch it. You should. You know, oh, you should. No. It's always conflicting information from you two. Don't do yep. No, you should do it. Tara. <laughs> yep. Steve Highwater and the High Top. I feel like it's going to be Steve Highwater. <laughs> but you want the hint? Um. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a break. The hint was T-Bone, the yes. show Steve Harvey show. Okay. Mm, yeah. Sure. Okay. Was the hint Steve Highwater? No, it was T-Bone. T-Bone. Oh, oh right. It wouldn't help. Jeff Drake, your yes. last question. Timmy and the Lords of the Underworld. Uh, South Park. Good for two points. And here's Nick's last question. Dimension. Dimension. Hmm. Well, statistically, I have to guess and get two points to have a chance. Um, How I Met Your Mother. The hint was not Nick. (laughs) I'm not joking. The hint is not Nick. Not Nick. You're not in the band, is what he's saying. Does anybody know what it is? No. Freaks and Geeks. Freaks and Geeks. Another one from Freaks and Geeks. And Tara's last question. Mm -hmm. This wasn't for Jeff. (laughs) Just making sure that was an exclamation point. Jeffster. (laughs) Jeffster. Um, Chuck. Chuck is correct. All right. Let's hear them scores. Nick has 13. I have 17. And the boy that nobody liked just won the Super Bowl. That's right. Jeff Drake wins wow. with 19 points. Wow. Impressive. I know. It really. Valued guest. Valued guest. It's my middle Parentheses name. Parentheses, Jeff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, everybody. That is it for another episode of Extra Hot Great. We clucked and squawked about the season four premiere of Game of Thrones before going around the dial with stops at The Late Show, Turn, Stargate SG-1, Firefly, and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Veep. Victor Savage brought us <laughs> Futurama's Insane in the Mainframe for consideration into the canon, and we determined that it would be crazy to induct it. We crowned winners and losers of the week. And Jeff was the winner of this week's non-regulation three-dave point game time from Ron. Remember, we're listening. I am David T. Cole on behalf of Tara Ariano. Dragons. Nick Reinwell. Boo. Nick Reinwell Jones. (laughs) Ah, this chicken is in free range. (laughs) And Jeff Drake. Who tries to pet a dragon while they're eating? <laughs> Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time, right here on Extra Hot Great. Carry the one. Oh, you sad, worthless human. Secret hug of Prog. That was my anniversary gift to La Barbara. Fear not, for I shall assist ye. Robots don't say ye. Relax, mammal. My robotic software shall meet your calculatory needs. What is the meaning of this symbol? That's a plus sign, you pointy head loony. Quit thinking you're a robot. I'll show ye. <laughs> <laughs>